Hey everybody, happy holidays to you. Hope you've had a great Christmas with uh, your loved ones and things have gone great for you in 2021. What a crazy year it's been, huh? Here we are in that little gap between Christmas and New Year's and hopefully you'll be able to get a little bit of rest maybe and recovery and be ready to launch into a brand new year. Uh, I'm excited as I look into 2022 because I believe God has great things in store for His church, His people, for you. And uh, I'm talking about this idea of Joshua chapter 5. It's a chapter I'd love for you to read the whole chapter. I'm not going to read it all today. I did last week. But it's a, it's a great chapter, and it really, I think, speaks prophetically and very timely to us, to where we are uh, in this season in our world, and uh, where we are as a church, where a lot of us are as individuals. And Joshua chapter 5 finds Israel in a transitional season. Uh, uh, Joshua 4, they had crossed over the Jordan. They were finishing the 40 years of wilderness. They had left Egypt 40 years in wilderness because of disbelief, kept them a whole generation stuck in the wilderness, crossed over the Jordan. Joshua 6, they're about ready to take Jericho and start taking the promised land that God has given to them. But Joshua 5 is kind of a transitional season for them. And it's there are a couple of events that take place in this transitional season that I think could be super helpful for us to look at, to think about, to meditate on, to pray over, just to consider as we move forward. I think we all realize we are all in a transitional season of some kind. Uh, Our world, things are uh, uncertain. Our nation, uh, it's crazy days we're living in. Uh, Our church is certainly in a transitional period for sure, as are many churches. As I communicate with pastors and leaders around the nation, friends of mine, people that I just barely know, I'm watching people, uh, churches in transition. And and I'm sure as an individual, you're finding yourself in a transitional season at some level in your life. We all know that things have changed and that things are changing. And the, the idea of being in transition is we don't quite know what it all means yet. So there can be some certainties in the midst of transition. I just don't know that we can grab for every certainty. So uh, last week I started talking about this idea. Number one, don't get lost in transition. We all go through these on a personal level. Uh, As a church, we go through it together. Your company may be going through it. Your family may be going through a transitional season. And in those transitional seasons, sometimes you can start to question what is going on and who am I anymore? How do I fit into what's going on around me? And I've discovered that how we handle transitions is so very important. Uh, you can lose momentum in a transition season. You can, you can lose your identity in a transition season. Uh, 
Uh, you, can, you can lose direction in a transition season. You can lose uh, your confidence in yourself, in God, in what you're called to do. Uh, you can lose your balance when you're in a transition season. So I think what happens when we get into a transition season uh, is we, we want some kind of closure or certainty or clarity to come, and we're just reaching for that um, when sometimes it's not there yet. You, you, the season of transition is a season of transition, and so the certainty aspect of it uh, is not always present. And so I'm encouraging all of us to be like the five uh, virgins who filled their lamps with oil and then brought extra oil that allowed them to be flexible, to be adaptable, to be able to pivot, uh, burn the oil, not the wick, uh, keep your tank full, stay in the presence of God, uh, stay in your Bible, reading your Bible, stay in worship, stay in church, uh, stay in prayer, stay connected to the right kind of people, keep your tank full, let the oil stay full inside of you. The second idea that we talked about is that, number two, it takes a new identity to enter a new season. Joshua 5.9, the Lord said to Joshua, today I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you, so the name of that place is called Gilgal, which rhymes with, or could even be translated rolled, uh, to this day. I've rolled the reproach of Egypt away from you. I've, I've rolled, one translation says, the shame of Egypt off of you. In other words, when they were in Egypt, their identity was a slave. And uh, as they are moving into a new season, God is saying, I want to roll away the slave identity from you. Uh, I want to roll away um, this um, idea that you are a slave and let you know that you are victorious. And I, the only thing I would say I think that's so important is that we always have to remember wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> and so if you like chocolate chip cookies uh, in Asheville, you're going to like them in Florida. Uh, you know, if, if you have a hard time getting up in Asheville, you're going to have a hard time getting up if you live in Massachusetts. So Wherever you go, there you are. you got to take on the new identity that fits the new season. That's why I'm talking about this, this whole idea of I identify with a new season. So let me talk to you for about a couple of uh, ideas today. Number three, there are new provisions for new seasons. Joshua 5.12 says the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten some of the produce of the land so that the sons of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate some of the yield of the Canaan, of the land of Canaan during that year. So manna had been their provision for 40 years. Manna met every nutritional need they have. If you needed carbs, manna was carbs. If you needed protein, it was protein. If you needed vitamin C, if you needed zinc, if you need whatever you needed, manna was enough. It supplied all of their nutritional needs for 40 years. They move into this day and they eat the produce of the land of Canaan. And the Bible just almost offhandedly says the manna stopped that day. They, they used to collect manna six days a week. 
uh, and the sixth day they collect double for, for the Sabbath day. Uh, and now provision is going to be coming from a new place. Before, provision was coming from heaven in the form of manna. Now they're about ready to enter a new season and have to learn how to uh, cooperate with new provisions uh, in, in life. And I think, when I think about that, I think, how do you reorient yourself from manna, collecting manna every day, to how do I live in a land flowing with milk and honey? In other words, how do I get that flowing milk and honey to flow my direction? <laughs> how do I get it towards me? How does that even work? So here you are, uh, manna has stopped. So you've got the best-selling manna cookbook in the world. No good anymore. Uh, your morning routine of going out to gather manna for the day, it's over. It doesn't work that way anymore. Your favorite banana pancake recipe, no good anymore. In other words, it's, everything is different now. And learning how to adjust to a new way of God providing new provision for a new season. God's provision is was flowing to them the in the past season through manna. Now it's flowing milk and honey. Now it's flowing produce of the land. God's provision is still flowing. It just might get to you a little differently than it did before. So I, I want us to think about for a moment, how does that really work for you and for me? Uh, I just want to remind you at the core of the nature of God, God is a provider. He loves to provide. He's qualified himself as a provider. You remember the story when Abraham was bringing Isaac up to be sacrificed and, and the Lord provided a, a lamb, a ram in the thicket uh, so that he didn't have to sacrifice his son. It was a test of Abraham's heart. And uh, Genesis 22:14, Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. As it is said on that day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. That is God's nature. God, it's, it's not just something he does, it's who he is. He is a provider. Provision is in his nature. And he's always ready to provide what you need, what I need for the day that we live in. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus taught us to pray. God will take care of us. And I was, what I want us to focus on is the idea that God always provides, but sometimes he shifts channels. He's the source of provision, but in different seasons, he shifts channels uh, of how he gets provision to us. And so God is the source, and I've talked about this recently, and, and, and there are many channels that he uses. Sometimes those channels are connections or favor with people or a connection with a person who knows something you don't know or has access to things that you don't have access to until you get to know them. Sometimes the connection is the Holy Spirit will give you a new idea. You'll read a book and something will just come alive to you. Uh, sometimes it's an innovation in the world you live in. Uh, sometimes it's just pure on money. God will 
provide for you. God will make a way. God will, will help you move forward. But my, my urgent <laughs> cry to all of us is to remember, no matter what the season is, no matter what the circumstances are, God is a provider. He is not hindered by the economy, the pandemic, by anything that's going on, by vaccines, by masks, by you name it. God is your provider. I've read this uh, uh, scripture recently, and it's really spoken in my heart. Haggai 2, uh, verse 7, 9. You remember in the Old Testament, people were uh, always kind of going up and going down in, in their commitment to the Lord and, and their commitment to the house of the Lord. And so there, are, there were seasons where the house of the Lord would, would, would sink down in priority for the people of Israel. And, and this is um, God speaking through Haggai, uh, Haggai 2, 7 through 9. I will shake all the nations. They will come with the wealth of all nations, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house will be greater than the former glory, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace. I love this about God. The latter glory is going to be greater than the former glory. In other words, God doesn't move backwards. God always has a heart to move forward. And he is always wanting to say, whatever you've experienced before, I've got greater for you in the future. I, I'm believing God for the latter glory of the rock church to be greater than the former glory. I'm believing God for the latter glory of your life and your ministry and your world and your family. The latter glory will be greater than the former glory. And, and what, I, what I also want to add is that the Bible says, God says, the silver is mine, the gold is mine. You got to understand that wealth is not going away. Wealth is not diminishing. It's just redistributing. And I also want to say glory, which is the presence and the, the weight, uh, the kabod, the weight of the presence of God. It's not going away either, but it is redistributing uh, in, in seasons of change, in seasons of transition. So one of my favorite passages that I meditate on often is Isaiah 60, a couple verses. Arise, shine, for your light has come. The glory, the weight, the presence of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples. I think that's the day we live in. But the Lord will rise upon you and his glory will appear upon you. Nations will come to your light, uh, kings to the brightness of your rising. Raise your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons will come from afar. Your daughters will be carried on the hip. I love this whole passage and what it speaks to my spirit. Then you will see and be radiant. Your heart will thrill and rejoice because the abundance of the sea will be turned to you. The wealth of the nations will come to you. Even in the darkest day, 
God will cause the wealth of the nations. God will cause the sons and the daughters. God will cause the glory to come and flow into our lives. And I, we have to remember in new seasons, even in season of transition, provision has not stopped flowing. It's just moving uh, to different places and moving in different ways to get there. Uh, all this year, I've shopped for my for my kids and my grandkids. I have not left the house to go shopping anywhere. I've ordered everything online. It's all been brought to my house. I've never shopped for Christmas that way before, uh, and it's a brand new it's a brand new way. Uh, I'm sure some people have been doing a lot more than I have in the past, but this year, this is the way. Uh, wealth is flowing. This is the way presents are flowing. This is the way it's getting to me and to my house. Um, I, I think there's a lot of people who, instead of trying to understand where the stream of wealth is going or where, where the stream of distribution is going, they want to fight it. Like I read a thing the other day about somebody saying, you know, no to Amazon. They are, you know, they're taking over the world. And, and me, I, I'm going, I'm letting Amazon serve me. Uh, and Amazon bring it to my front door. I saw a thing the other day where somebody was complaining about Elon Musk and how rich he's become in this past year. And uh, the, the guy just paid $11 billion in taxes uh, for for this last year, but they are trying to pull down. It's that tall poppy syndrome, I think, trying to pull down things that are happening. And my encouragement to you, my encouragement to myself is don't fight the flow that's taking place now. Find out where that flow is going and get in the flow. I read an article uh, just uh, a couple days ago about all the businesses in Asheville that had shut down in 2021, and then all, and then all the businesses that had started up new in Asheville in 2021, and the businesses that started up, at least in this article, far outnumbered the businesses that had shut down. And I know what can happen when your business shuts down. You can go, oh, the pandemic shut me down. But there's another person right down the street going. I opened a brand new business and we're doing great during the pandemic. Why not try to find out how you can flow with the new day instead of trying to pull down the new way? Often the greatest enemy of the new season is what worked in the old season. A change of season can often mean a change of provision, very often. I love this story about Elijah, the prophet. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Kings 17, the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, and he would drink from the brook. So that's how he was being provided for in one season. But it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. So that's how he got his provision in one season was the, the, the brook and the ravens bringing him bread. But that season came to an end. Then verse uh, 8 and 9, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Change of season 
change of provision. Don't get locked in to God's provision flowing just a certain way. Elijah experienced a brook and a raven in one season, but then God said, I'm going to provide to you through a poor widow in the next season. And by the way, this widow was blessed because of her being used as a channel of God to go into bringing provision to Elijah's life. Last thing I want to talk about today is number four from Joshua 5 is this, a new authority for a new season. Uh, the truth is, the children of Israel, uh, even though they, they were trying to redefine who they were, what they were all about, they actually had more authority than they even thought they had. Joshua 5.1 says, It came about when all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west, all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea, when they heard how the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the sons of Israel until they had crossed, their hearts melted, there was no spirit in them and in them any longer because of the sons of Israel. The Amorite kings were afraid of and cowered thinking about the sons of Israel and the power of God in their life. The, the kings were afraid of them, and Israel, Israel didn't even know it. I want to say to you, you, you're probably doing better than you think. There's, you're probably thinking things are like this or that, and you notice all, everything is wrong in your life or that could be better. But there's somebody looking at you going, man, I, I wish I had what they had. I wish I was where they are. I wish I had uh, the life that they had. You have, you have more, you're doing better than you think. You have more potential than you think you have. And I want to say this, you have more legit spiritual authority than you think you have. 1 Corinthians 4.8, this is the message. I, I love the way it's translated. It says, you already have all you need. You already have more access to God than you can handle. Without bringing either Apollos or me into it, you're sitting on top of the world, at least God's world, and we're right there sitting alongside you. You have more than you need already. You just need to know who you are and what you have in Christ and the authority that he's given to you. But back to Joshua 5. So first verse is the Amorite kings recognize God's hand is on Israel. They are afraid of them. But then Joshua has a full-on encounter with the pre-incarnate Jesus. In Joshua 5.13, it says, It came about when Joshua was by Jericho. He raised his eyes. He looked. Behold, a man was standing opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our enemies? In other words, which side are you choosing? He said, No. Uh, the answer is no. I'm not for either one of you. Rather, I have come now as the captain of the army of the Lord. Joshua fell on his face to the ground, bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? I love this passage. What side are you on, um, angel of the Lord? And, and the angel of the Lord, Jesus, says, I'm not here to take sides. I'm here to take over. Uh, you know, in our day, you could say, Okay, are you, are you liberal? Are you conservative? Are you Republican? Are you Democrat? 
Are you for mask? Are you against mask? Are you for the vaccine? Are you against the vaccine? And the answer that the Lord gives is an answer I think he would give to all of us. And he would say, I'm, I'm not taking sides. I'm here to take over. My authority is far above all of that. And I just want us to remember that there are different realms of authority, no question. Your family has a realm of authority. The church has a realm of authority. Business has a realm of authority. Politics has a realm of authority. But I want us always to remember what Jesus said, Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He is the one in authority over it all. Listen to this great description of the, the greatness of Jesus and the authority that he has. Colossians 1.15 We look at this Son and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this Son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. He was there before any of it came into existence and holds it all together right up to this moment. And when it comes to the church, he organizes and holds the church together like a head does a body. He was supreme in the beginning and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there towering far above everything, everyone. Come on, that, that's true authority. That's real authority. I'm reading in Revelation recently and reminded of this idea. Revelation 5, 9. Remember that in Revelation they were looking for somebody who would be worthy to open the scrolls. Revelation 5, 9. They sang a new song saying, Worthy are you, Jesus, to take the book, to break its seals, for you were slain. You purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign upon the earth. I don't know about you, but sometimes I look at some of the leaders in our country and I watch them stumble and I watch them uh, make no sense at all sometimes with what they say. And, and I think we've got 333 million people in the United States. Could we, could we not do better than this? And the truth is, a lot of political power happens for not for reasons because of worthiness, but because of connections and because of agendas, because of all these things that, that can push people into positions of authority, positions of power. The Jesus authority flows out of his worthiness. He is worthy to be honored. He is worthy to hold the authority. And out of his authority, the Bible says in this verse that we just read in Revelation, that he is, he is flowing his authority to a kingdom of priests, a people of his that he wants to reign on the earth. King authority released with priestly activity. 
The authority of the kingdom of God operates entirely different than the authority of the kingdoms of this world. And I just want to call us all as a church especially to understand that, that it's priestly activity that releases king authority in the earth. Prayer and worship releases heaven's authority into the world. I'm at a place in, in my heart as I look to 2022, my confidence is in the worthiness of Jesus and His authority to make great things happen in the earth. Our world, our church, uh, many of us individually, we need a, a new, fresh connection with heaven, with a, a new, fresh connection with heaven's authority. Really, in the past few weeks, God has been stirring my heart to reorient our church toward a massive prayer movement as we move into 2022. Suzette and I have always had a prayer orientation in our life. We love to pray. We love to worship. But I don't know, something is awakened in my soul about calling our church to own this idea of releasing the authority of, of heaven. We are at a moment in history that I believe we need an unprecedented move of God. Church, as usual, is not going to cut it. Uh, you know, better administration, better organization, better training, better programs. It's not going to solve the problems that our world is facing. It's not going to solve the problems that our church is facing. It's not going to solve the problems that you yourself are facing. Our battle is not in the natural. It's, it's a spiritual battle. So I want to encourage you as we move into the new year to really strongly consider how you'll be involved with our prayer and fasting season, January 3 through 23. We're going to seek after God. We want you to do however you feel led to delete something so that you can just tune into heaven. You can fill your tank. Uh, you, can, you can move in to what God has for us. I, I think 2022 is going to find us as a church being called into a new realm of prayer, of worship, and I believe out of that is going to flow a, a new authority, a new power, uh, a, a new move of heaven. We're going to release a new level of spiritual authority in our midst. We're going to take the battle to the spiritual realm. Our kids need us to be praying. There's such an attack against their soul, against their value, against their values, against their generation. And we need to stand in the gap for our kids. Our church needs this. Uh, our many churches need it, but our church needs it for sure. A move of God that will break through, that will release the worthiness of Jesus into the earth and watch people truly get transformed by the power of God. And I know that people's souls need this. People are struggling with depression, marriage issues, they have financial issues, they, they have uh, anxiety or fear or so many things that are, that are just working against them. A touch from heaven could resolve that in really in just a moment. I identify with a new season. 
I, I'm asking you to, to if whatever has happened in the past is in the past. You can't put toothpaste back in the tube. Come on, identify with the new season that God has in front of us. I was listening to a, a podcast the other day, and Mark Batterson said something I thought was so good. He says, I'm not looking for a return to normal. I'm looking for a return to supernatural. So I want to invite you in to that, ra- that place uh, in, your, in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, in the way that you go about life. Come on, let's go after God in a brand new way. Hey, just one minute. Let me just ask you this. Maybe you've never surrendered to Jesus. I would love for you to have that opportunity right now, right where you are. Maybe you have fallen away from a close relationship with God. I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is drawing you in right now. Or maybe you just feel unsure. Come on, we're about ready to enter 2022. Uh, We're in a season of transition, a season of uncertainty. You can have a level of certainty that is so powerful by surrendering to Jesus. So I just want to pray with you today. I just want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to you. I want you as my Lord. I need you in my life. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you've paid for forgiveness. Thank you for a fresh start. Thank you for a new beginning. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Hey, love you guys so much. Can't wait to see you in church January 2nd. One big service, 1115. We're going to have an awesome time. God bless you guys.